Aerospace Unplugged. Hello, and welcome back for Season 2 of Aerospace Unplugged, the podcast dedicated to giving you a behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. I'm your host, Carrie Sinclair, and today's episode addresses the industry's most current and challenging question. What does the future look like in terms of air travel? With COVID-19 present around the globe, airlines are taking unique measures to reintroduce trust to everyday air travel. To address those changes and innovations, we have a special mini-series detailing each and every aspect of cleanliness and how it relates. Joining us today is Tom Hart, Vice President and General Manager of Air and Thermal Systems. So Tom, you and I have worked together quite a bit throughout the years, and I know you've had many different roles at Honeywell. Tell us how you got started at Honeywell, became interested in aerospace, and how you landed in the position you're in today. Yeah, um, you know, it kind of goes back to 1997 when I started here, and I was hired into Honeywell Aerospace as a parts planner uh, for APUs. And uh, my job was to make sure that we had enough APU parts to support the aftermarket for all the MRO shops that buy component parts and airlines so they could fix and repair APUs. And uh, that was my start. I, I learned through that uh, and the increasing roles of responsibility uh, grew within the ISC uh, integrated supply chain uh, leadership in aftermarket management. Uh, from there, I was asked to deploy SAP and if you recall back in 2005, uh, there was a massive uh, implementation of SAP that still goes on today. I was brought in in the early part of that to help shape uh, some of that implementation. And uh, I learned a tremendous amount about how aerospace works through SAP implementation because you basically touch every aspect of aerospace. Um, after I implemented SAP for a while, I went and led the Honeywell Aerospace Trading Organization for a few years. Really fascinating job. If those of you that don't know much about HAT, uh, they, they look to acquire surplus components on the open market. We refurbish them and we sell them as used serviceable material. Uh, it's an ongoing business that we have today and it's a very vibrant part of our aftermarket. Uh, from the HAT organization, I went over to Defense and Space and had multiple roles in the DNS organization from sales uh, to CBT management, led the DAA CBT for a number of years, led the DNS technical sales organization and a few other business development roles. And then uh, in 2017, uh, when we went through a bit of an organizational change, I was asked to lead the Aaron Thermal uh, Systems GBE, which uh, is a $1.6 billion global business enterprise uh, that encompasses everything around the environmental control systems, thermal management of the aircraft, uh, life support, breathing, uh, oxygen systems, as well as fuel tank inerting. And I've been doing that for the last few years. It's a fascinating role, and that's where I am today. Can you give us a little background on how your role has shifted in the last few months? Sure. First of all, the commercial downturn has occurred, and commercial air travel is off like 90% as passengers don't feel safe to fly at the moment, and then certain countries don't allow flight. So that's been the the primary change. Secondarily, uh, it's all been around how do we get passengers comfortable again? What solutions do we have for the airline industry to allow them to return to flight? And how can Honeywell help with those? And today we're going to talk about several of them, uh, but our, our jobs and my job particularly has really shifted from 
you know, business as usual pre-COVID to now, uh, how do we introduce products, solutions, uh, take ideas that people have and bring them to market as quickly as possible uh, to satisfy the, uh, the changing uh, air travel conditions in the globe? So, yeah, I mean, it definitely, as we're doing this podcast virtually, <laughs> a lot of things have changed. Um, and I wonder what you see the largest obstacle to people returning to the air. I mean, what do passengers need to be to feel like they're safe in the air now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, but I, I think the first thing that we need to do is a better job of educating the flying public on really what the conditions are in the aircraft. I think there's a common misperception that while you're on a plane flying around with all those other people, that you're continuously breathing in recirculated air and that the person sneezing in row two is, uh, is getting recirculated and you're in row 28 and you have a possible chance of infection. And I think that's the general perception. And it's really not true. If you think about how aircraft uh, systems work, it's a mixture of recirculation air and fresh air that comes in through the bleed air system, you know, through the engine and it's compressed and it's pushed into the aircraft as fresh air. That's the systems Honeywell produce today and provide fresh air for aircraft. And the recirculating air is uh, recirculated through HEPA filters that trap pathogens, contagions, uh, bacteria, et cetera. So really the air is quite safe. And if you think about how the air comes down, it comes down above you through the gasper valves or through vents in the, in the ceiling. And then it's uh, comes straight down and pulled through the floor into the recirculation system. So you don't have a situation where the person in row two the air is traveling all the way down to row 28. What's occurring is the person in row two, that air is being uh, evacuated below them and it's being recirculated and pushed back down. So it's sort of a continuous recirculation of air and it's a combination of recirc and fresh air. And every two to three minutes, the air is completely turned over with 100% fresh air. So you don't have this continuous effect of recirculating air uh, and in an unsafe environment. So first of all, it's education. Um, second of all, though, there are solutions that, you know, we can put in place that will help uh, gain passenger trust uh, in addition to that, whether we help with uh, aircraft quality monitoring or ensuring that the systems are working optimally or putting in place ways to reduce odor or things entering the bleed air in the first place. These are areas that Honeywell is working on. Uh, that, that's how I see, uh, well, that's the largest obstacle is really around education so the people know when they're on a plane that they're not continuing to breathe uh, contaminated air. I was going to say, I bet the the air in my house doesn't recirculate that often. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so um, what, what do you think the passenger experience will look like moving forward? Yeah, well, as you can imagine, some of the basics around uh, personal protection being worn, uh, social distancing that everybody's having. But when it comes to air travel, you're going to see a lot more specific way to board the plane. It's going to be more deliberate. It's going to be spaced out. It's going to take longer. Uh, that you're going to see less flights a day, of course, because demand is lower. But secondly, secondarily, because aircraft will need to have more cleaning uh, in between flights, and then uh, uh, the boarding process, as I mentioned, will be slower. Uh, I, I think uh, you're going to see more deliberate uh, food service, so that you know if there is food service, it's going to be more methodical, it's going to be less contact, uh, and, and the way it's going to be served will be different if there's service at all. 
And, you know, during flight, there's going to probably be discussions about, you know, laboratory use, how to make sure you don't congregate or people are con are con congregating in areas of the plane. So I think you're going to see lots of changes around just the social distancing, spacing, and the deliberate effects of the way people are, are boarding and deboarding aircraft. So we talked about how you are in the air and thermal business within Honeywell. What are you doing differently? What kinds of products are you talking about now that you weren't talking about several months ago? Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the ECS system is what provides the fresh air to the aircraft. And today, more than ever, it's really important that those systems are working optimally for each aircraft before it departs each flight. So the first thing we're doing is leveraging our connected maintenance capability that we already have introduced. And we are providing airlines a simple diagnostic tool that allows them to understand how their ECS packs or ECS air conditioners are working. So they know that when they're boarding that aircraft, that their ECS system is working optimally and it's going to provide the fresh air that they need to, to keep the ventilation system moving. So that's step one providing assurance that the systems they have in place are working optimally now. And we can do that today. It's, it's an offering we already have, and uh, we're now focusing it on the ECS packs specifically so that airlines have that confidence that their system is working optimally. Secondarily, we're developing a system we call cab quality monitoring. So envision, if you will, sensors placed throughout the aircraft that will monitor carbon dioxide and potentially other things like particulates or volatile organic compounds. Initially, it's gonna be focused around carbon dioxide. And the reason for that is CO2 is a natural byproduct of breath, of course. And if you have high levels of CO2 in any part of the aircraft, that would be an indication that you have low ventilation or you have got a concentration of, of personnel uh, and if we have those sensors linked to a tablet that the flight crew can see, they can be alerted when such a condition exists and they can take action to either desegregate people, you know, spread them out, especially during boarding or, or onboarding process, or they can adjust the ECS system. They can increase the amount of fresh air flow manually. They can increase the recirculation velocity um, or ensure that all the gas per vents are open, et cetera. So there are things that the flight crew the flight crew can do to ensure a safer, more ventilated experience. And our cabin air sensors would be the first step. So right now in our Toronto facility, we're working on a network of wireless, battery operated carbon dioxide sensors that can be placed throughout the aircraft that would allow the crew to be alerted when such a condition exists. One, is your ECS working optimally? So you know you've got the capability to provide fresh air. Two, measuring the air quality and then taking action. And then lastly, the, uh, the other product that we're working on and is going to be um, unveiled here in Q4 is we're calling it our fourth generation catalyst. And when you're flying in the air uh, and the bleed air system is on, before that engine bleed air goes into the cabin, it goes through ozone converters. And those ozone converters take out the ozone from the air. We've developed a catalyst that can be applied to those ozone converters, and they will catalyze uh, contaminants like volatile organic compounds, oils, or smells. And while there's never really a risk of bleed air in introducing, you know, virus, for example, but in today's uh, environment, any smell in the cabin 
uh, would be met with trepidation by the flying public because everybody's already super sensitized to what they're breathing, what they're smelling. So it's more important than ever that we've got clean, you know, odorless air that's coming in. So uh, we look at this as, you know, first to make sure your ECS system's working optimally. Second, measuring the quality of the air through the cabin air quality sensors. And third, that there are no ways to introduce oils, contaminants, uh, volatile organic compounds, hydraulic fluid, whatever, into the bleed air system. So that's what we're working on. Those three things, we've got uh, lots of effort going on in, in each of those areas and customer trials underway uh, with the catalyst that I just mentioned. And we will have trials probably in the Q4 or Q1 timeframe with our cabin air sensors that are in development. So, so many questions. Um, wanted to ask, have you talked to some airlines about this and what are their thoughts? What are they looking at? Yeah, we've talked to a lot of airlines. When it comes to air quality, uh, there's general consensus that today, you know, they don't really know the quality of the air in the aircraft. It's assumed to be clean and well ventilated, as I discussed, but there's no way to measure it. There's no way to know. So I think there's general interest in understanding what that is so that they can take action. And uh, as far as the smell and cabin events, that, that's a real um, issue for the airlines. It was pre-COVID and it is post-COVID and even more so. Um, whenever there's a smell and cabin event, you know, you've got issues of people not knowing what it is, uh, is it unhealthy? Uh, how, how does it impact the flying experience, et cetera? So they're, they're very interested in that. So we're excited to see some of the uh, airline interest in these solutions. Okay. Well, this is all really fascinating. Are there any other things you want to talk about before we start wrapping up? Well, uh, just to recap, uh, again, I think it's really critical that the flying public does get educated on how aircraft systems work. I would rather be in a plane for four hours any day than on a bus or a train with the same number of people, just because I would be assured that in an aircraft, you've got the right uh, turnover of air and it's flowing from top to bottom, not side to side or from front to back. So I think uh, as people start to realize how aircraft are managed, uh, the, their confidence in flying is going to go up. And uh, there was a recent survey that Honeywell did, and, and like it was like 70% of the flying public was concerned about the quality of the air. When in fact, uh, you know, that's probably the, the area that they don't need to be concerned about as much because of the way aircraft systems are designed, uh, it's inherently safer than other forms of travel. So I think that's important. I want to get that message out to others. And, you know, the other area is uh, around sensing and capabilities. Um, we've got lots of great ideas coming from Honeywell Aerospace employees, lots of uh, help and lots of people wanting to get involved. And I'd like to say we're always interested in hearing your thoughts and ideas and how we can make aircraft travel safer. Um, and we're, we're all about that. Yeah. And Tom, do you want to give us a little bit of a teaser of what else we're going to hear in our series on safer air travel? Well, uh, you'll hear a little bit coming up with my, my associates. You're going to talk about uh, personal protective equipment. Um, so uh, get get ready for that. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the things that Aerospace can do to make the flying public much safer. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. It's uh, definitely unique how the industry is coming together to make safety a priority and to really uh, build up passenger trust. And I appreciate you joining me on the show today. But before we let you go, this is Aerospace Unplugged. So we'd like to know how you unplug at the end of the day. How do I unplug at the end of the day? Yeah, after 12 hour days of, of nonstop calls, it can be quite stressful in many cases. Uh, I like to take my dogs for a walk. I know that sounds a little crazy and sometimes a little hot, but that's that's what I like to do. Uh, take my dogs out for a walk or go for a run. That's 
that's the way to unplug. Well, definitely get out of the house. We're all trying to do, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Get outside. Yeah, get out of the house. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Carrie Sinclair. This is Aerospace Unplugged. To learn more about our new cleanliness offerings in the aerospace industry, visit aerospace.honeywell.com cleaner air travel. And don't forget to subscribe to Aerospace Unplugged on Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to listen. And until next time, safe travels. This episode was produced and edited by Chloe Dake.